All right. Did you know that Rebecca and I are born a month apart? And that we've known each other our whole lives. So this coming spring when we turn 29, um, um, yeah, we've known each other our whole lives. We're born a month apart. Um, our parents were friends before we were born and our moms were pregnant together. Yeah, they're in the same church. So our moms were, were carrying us um, at the same time. It was helpful, I know, for I'm a firstborn and Rebecca has an older sister, so it's a really great thing for uh, my parents. Have people uh, in their um, church close to their age, but a little like one step ahead on the journey. Um, and well, I tell you, I have known Rebecca my whole life. And we were uh, a lot of you may not know this, um, but we were friends, and in fact, close friends um, for a number of different reasons, all the way and into uh, college. And um, I always thought she was out of my league, uh, which is still true. Um, and it was actually only uh, as we were in the, the last semester of third year of college where things started to change. Um, and that's uh, maybe partially a story for another day. But um, it's been, in some ways, a lifelong pursuit of mine to get to know this lovely lady <laughs> who's standing next to me. And so if someone were meeting Rebecca for the first time or, or wanting to meet her and wanting to get to know her, I have some insight. <laughs> I could be helpful. Uh, I still have more to learn, as is, is evident every week. Uh, and that's exciting. Um, and knowing a person in an ongoing way where you're constantly learning more about each other can be such a fulfilling and exciting thing. And, and the truth of the matter is, as much as we try to live our lives in an in a, a open way, there's more that I could tell you about her that would be news to you. Uh, Rebecca is uh, a little bit more introvert than extrovert. Uh, well, maybe a lot more uh, by nature. And, and, and as such, is a little bit private as well. And so there's, there's, it, that's a powerful truth that, there's, that I could share with you. In John 1, we get the understanding that Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, has been with God the Father since the beginning. Jesus came to earth and had a human birth and a human life. And as our good shepherd is leading the way forward yeah. and has stuff that we can learn about who God is. These past few weeks we've been talking about really starting a new season this month through waiting on God. Yeah. Waiting on God. And I'm thankful Chris out with the baby? Yeah. Okay. I'm so, oh, hi. <laughs> I'm so thankful that Chris would even take some time past a normal time on the clock today to make room for us to wait on the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. A lot's been said since January 1st, and I don't want to revisit all that for the sake of time today, but being restored 
healed, strengthened, rebuilding resilience for us is not going to happen with more activity, but shifting our activity so that we're waiting on the Lord. And when we wait on the Lord, sometimes our focus can be everything that's bubbling to the surface. And we've been talking about that over recent weeks. And God wants us to process, wants to heal, does want to do something with that. But in our waiting on the Lord, our focus needs to be on the Lord. And one of the things that has meant a lot to me is what Jesus has taught me about who that is. When we first got COVID, despite all the efforts to avoid it, God said something to me and God said something to Rebecca. And as the weeks went on, there were days where what God had said wasn't affecting me. It wasn't impacting me. Now, is that because God changed or his word changed? No, that's on me. Was I letting it affect me? Was I bringing it into the conversation with God? Was I responding to God in the conversation instead of just blah, 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 blah. So when we wait on the Lord, we want to do that in a way where we are focused on the Lord, learning about who God is. And I'm so thankful that even in the prayer, the model prayer that Jesus gave his followers when they came to him and they said, hey, teach us how to pray, that there is truth about who God is that is relevant to this season of waiting on the Lord. I felt so strongly in my spirit that your strength, your spiritual refreshing needs this truth. This living truth that we would make the time and push out the distractions and process the hard stuff so that we can be in God's presence. Jesus prayed, sometimes by himself. Some, he would separate from the followers, which was an unusual thing in that season with the twelve. Go up away for prayer, and sometimes just with three of them. So it's an honest question they bring to him teach us how to pray. And so he said in Matthew 6 9 through 13, pray like this Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy, may your kingdom come soon, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. So if we look at those words that are on the screen right now, what do these words maybe teach you about who God is? Anybody have a thought? Provider? Yeah. 
He's holy, yeah. Anything else? All is well in his kingdom. Yes, all is well in his kingdom. Good. Rescuer. Rescuer. Yeah, good. Anything else? Anything else? A single entity that's amongst all of us. Hmm. Yeah, God is amongst all of us. Good. One of the things that I um, love about this is that the thought that God is available to have a conversation with you. Right? That Jesus is saying, hey, God's there. God's listening. God's available. He wants to have a time of conversation with you. And so then he gives us this beautiful instruction that this is, this is a template of how we can get there, of how we can enter into this conversation with God. And I will often pray with this template because sometimes I'm tired or distracted and my brain just kind of like a hum that I can't. <laughs> but if I enter into the, what Jesus said of using this as a template, it focuses my mind, it gives me instruction, it gives me details and outline of where I can start and how I can continue. And so I'm personally very thankful for this. So the first phrase that Jesus gives us, I'm a Father who is in heaven, may your name be kept holy. And you, you may have noticed in the, via email or the print uh, copies of the supplemental prayer cards for this month, you've got uh, the Lord's Prayer and the phrases that I'm going to put on the screen uh, this morning there. So this has already been mentioned, but anyone else have a thought about what this first phrase communicates to us, a truth that it communicates to us about who God is. His holiness is before anything we he's already. Yeah, his holiness pre-exists um, anything that we're going through or anything in the world that we see today. Yeah. Daniel? Mm -hmm. There's a lot at stake if his name is being kept holy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. It's a good observation. He wants to be known. He wants to be known. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And always he's revealed his name over the Right. So much has gone into revealing his name, so much in scripture, and that it is clearly so important that we are aware of what his name is because of what it reveals about who he is. The ancient people, the definition, the meanings of name, which sometimes is lost to us. I don't know what exactly uh, naming your child Apple really means. Uh, but, you know, the, the, the meaning of a name is something that is important. I would phrase it... Um, like this, God is worthy of our devotion and best praise. When I think about, that's just one of many principles we would pull from this, pray like this, Abba Father who is in heaven, may your name be kept holy. 
your name is better than any other to me. I think it communicates a little bit more, too. Some of you know we have a pair of cats, uh, Loki and Thor. They're brothers, they're littermates, they're characters, they're different from each other. Um, and uh, sometimes Loki is like just a stereotypical cat who's always curious and getting into stuff he shouldn't. And sometimes that means he's eating plants around the house and his stomach gets upset and then he doesn't like the dry food. And then he's a little bit of a screamer and, and wanting some other kind of food. And um, the last couple of days we've been experiencing that. And this, this morning um, when we woke up, he was uh, doing that. Um, when I was kind of first coming into the kitchen and, and Rebecca was already there uh, with her coffee and uh, I was like, you know, put, I'm going to put the food down for the cats and Rebecca's communicating like, I've already done that. Let, don't do it again because it's also the game of trying to keep it away from the dog, right? <laughs> See, we're not either or people, we're both and, right? And so, but I was like, this cat is screaming at me and it's early and I don't feel good. And so I spoke to Rebecca in a way that I shouldn't. Now, I didn't raise my voice. It wasn't any threat. But it was like, I, this thing is trying to... And she's saying, don't do that. And I'm like, I need to do this. So, so that I can think. So the cat will be quiet. So that I can think. Because I need to put something in my body this morning. So then, what did I, I do? Well, I needed to apologize. Right? Ask forgiveness. Name what I did that was wrong. And... How and why I wasn't going to do it again. Why? Because the condition that I was going through did not change whether or not I should show loving respect to Rebecca. The condition I was experiencing didn't change who she is. Her trustworthiness, her praiseworthiness, my marriage commitment, my commitment in the relationship. What I was experiencing didn't change that. And I think after almost seven months of dealing with the effect of COVID in my body, this has been an important and a helpful lesson. Before I start to talk to God, when I'm waiting on the Lord to bring myself to a place of Realization. This is a part of growing up. This is a part of maturing. And I know that this is really painful because I hurt in this way and I hurt in this way and this is jacked up and this is wrong, right? All those things, right? We're human. But my suffering doesn't change God's praiseworthiness. Mm -hmm. God's trustworthiness. Mm -hmm. And I know if you're actually thinking about what I'm saying right now, you might hate it. Mm -hmm. I, I get it. I do. I have hated it. But it is a powerful principle that has helped me. Yeah. Because when I turn myself to that realization that whatever it is I'm going through has not changed whether or not God is praiseworthy, and the committed relationship between God and I, what that should look like, then I turn to God in this way. Because I believe that God is all-powerful and all-knowing. That he knows what I'm going through. Are you with me? Alright, so we won't spend equal time on all these phrases this morning, but um, I hope that's helpful. I do have to say that I've been so proud of Ben the last seven months because what he is saying is true. And he has truly, truly let 
God affect who he is going through all of this. And that what happened this morning was so rare that I was stunned that it happened because he has been so full of grace and so full of peace and so full of joy. It has not been easy. And there have been days that have been very difficult. But who he has been in the last seven months has just made me so incredibly proud of him because he has let God affect who he is every day. Thank you. <laughs> All right, so um, I want to talk about that next phrase that may your kingdom come. And the importance of who and, or what God's kingdom is, that it is righteousness, right standing between us and God and right standing between us and someone else. So righteousness, peace, and joy. And when I pray through this, I often, I am very sensory motivated and also very visually motivated. And so often when I pray this, I get a picture of asking God's kingdom to come down and affect what it is that I'm praying for. And often I will think of it as like a picture of heaven coming down and touching earth, right? The two joining together so that who God is and what his presence is, is touching physically and affecting physically what is going on in the circumstances. And sometimes I get the thought of like a river, like it's described in Revelations about the presence of God in, in heaven and it coming and flooding the earth. And then also sometimes I get this feeling or sense of a blanket around me that is the righteousness, peace, and joy, and that it settles over me. Because I not only need righteousness, peace, and joy in the world, right? But we need it in ourselves first. Because that's where it starts. And so spending this time asking God, may your kingdom come to me. May it affect me and who I am and how I reach out to others, how I show love to others, how I show grace to others. And calling and asking God that righteousness, peace, and joy would affect our government, that it would affect our neighborhoods, that it would affect our schools. This is a powerful prayer. And sometimes I get stuck on this for a long time because I so desperately want God's kingdom to come into all the circumstances that I have. And so it can be something, right, where you're praying, God, may your kingdom of righteousness, peace, and joy be established and ever-expanding. I love that, ever-expanding. Don't be contained, but expand on earth now and forever, and may it start with me. Wow, this is a powerful truths are so good powerful truths that Jesus gives us in this prayer this like Jesus wouldn't teach it if it wasn't real mm -hmm. if it wasn't true if it wasn't reliable and if therefore wasn't also helpful to us and so he teaches us to pray that your kingdom come may your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven and it's an amazing thing because it if, if we start to wake up to the truth that and there's a whole series of great Christian books written on this that what that means is that it is true, it is powerful, it is reliable, that we can come into an alignment. We can come into an alignment with what God is already doing. And that there is something bigger than just our own personal lives. We don't have to fall into the culture of today, which is really all about toxic selfishness. 
Kind of just me and my screen and nothing matters more than me and my screen. No, no, no. God invites us into an alignment with him where there is something bigger than just me, but it also is an invitation to participation. Mm -hmm. I had to do a preacher thing this morning. There you go. That's for free. An invitation to participation. But that invitation to participation includes some humility on my part. And I think the last three years have not been real kind to us in the area of humility. We kind of branched into our own areas and only grown more entrenched in my ideas are better than other people's. In humility, I come to God as the source and I say, God, your kingdom come, your will be done. Like Isaiah said, your thoughts are higher than my thoughts. Your ways are higher than my ways. And God has a perfect will and a sovereign will. And Peter wrote about this and he said, God is not willing that any should perish, but wants all to come to repentance. God has desires. And so what should happen when I pray, may your kingdom come, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, is that I am actively submitting. I'm coming into submission to God. And so prayer that puts his will above ours every day. It's saying, God, please bring me into alignment with you. Your will, your dream, your plan, your kingdom, what you're already doing. And I know this might be a little bit weird, but on the screen I put the word prefer. That's kind of trying to draw truth from what Peter was talking about there. God, bring me into alignment with what you prefer. Your kingdom come, your will be done. But part of what I pray is also, God, would you... For all of us, for my family, for our church family, for everyone who lives in Baltimore City, for everyone who is breathing on planet Earth, would you bring us into alignment with your kingdom, with your will? And I'll pray, God, bind our enemy, let your Holy Spirit be released, and bring us into alignment with you. Because that's prayer that I know God will answer, because Jesus taught us to pray it. And that's a prayer that I know that if I'm in alignment and everybody else I know we're on this journey moving that direction together, guess what's going to happen? What's going to happen in my home is going to change for the better. The school is going to change for the better. The neighborhood's going to change for the better. The workplace is going to change for the better because of what God's kingdom is like. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Joy in the Holy Spirit. And your kingdom come and your will. It puts me in a posture of curiosity. You live long enough like, yeah, my ideas are not working out so well. God, what are your ideas? Let's go to the next one. Okay, God has a plan and desires for what's happening on earth. Next phrase. <laughs> that God has provided for us and will provide for us. And um, this goes back to, um, I think, that message that I spoke on miracles that truly the most beautiful and amazing miracles are those daily things that God has for us. And this phrase is really the idea of us drawing everything that we need, being in God's presence every day for everything that we need for that day. So this isn't, we don't pray about things that we need in the future, right? Because we still need to do that as well. But this is for today, what is my reliance like on God? Am I looking to him for grace, for peace, for answers to what is coming later in the day that I know of? Or, or was he going to be there for me in the middle of things that I don't know are coming? 
Because the answer is yes. But are we taking time with him to rely on him for today? Jesus, that's one of the main things that he's talking about, our daily bread. Even down to the food that we eat. Even down to how we sleep, how we feel, how we parent, (laughs) how we be an employee. Is God the main one that you are relying on? Are you allowing and giving him room to give you what you need for today? So the next couple we've are ones that we talk about every year, multiple times a year, and have taught through, and that's on the area of forgiveness. God, forgive me as I forgive others. Think about what does that truth communicate to you? And God, lead us away from temptation. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. What I'm learning is that the, 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 the more I am attached to Jesus, the more passionate my love is for God, the more I love God, the more that attachment is, the less attachment I have to anything in the realm of toxic selfishness and sin and so on. And then Jesus teaches us to pray, deliver us from our enemy. Why doesn't God just do it? Why why do I need to pray it? Maybe Jesus is teaching us to discern that we have an enemy, that we need to identify where the enemy is at work. And then call God in to rescue in those areas. So there's something to be learned from every phrase. But for the sake of time, Rebecca, why don't you wrap us up there with uh, number 11. No matter what we are going through, and no matter what we're feeling, God is worthy of our devotion, right? Like Ben spoke about. But then beyond that, he's ready to listen and to hear what our prayers are. And then beyond that, he's not a God that sits back and just listens. He's a God that is ready to help. He's a God that's ready and able and more powerful and more gracious than anything else. And so he invites us. Jesus gives us these beautiful words to invite us into this exchange with a God that is so truly amazing and personal because I think about some of the other beliefs that people have in the world of who God is. And that it would be so sad to try to feel like you needed to have devotion with a God who doesn't really care, who set up so many rules that there's no way you could ever do it and then sit back and laugh, ah, you can make it. (laughs) No, he is a God who is with us in every moment, with us in every trial, with us with every joyful thing, and ready to hear, ready to converse, ready to have those conversations. Last night, I did a new recipe that I'd never done before, and it included tomatillos, which I've never used before. And I honestly was so excited about doing that recipe that I was talking to God about it. And I was saying, this is so cool. The, the cookbook was a gift from a friend, and it had this recipe. I was so excited to try, and I got to try a new ingredient. And I was just so thankful that I live in a time and a place where those ingredients are available. The cookbook was available. My house was available to make it. And I was having this conversation with God about just the cookbook and the recipe I was doing in tomatillos. <laughs> That's the kind of conversations you can have with God. And then when I'm praying for for Ben and for you, for health and different things that I see that are beyond anything that I can do. 
It's the same God who does have the power, does have the ability, and does have the heart to make a difference in those things as well. Okay, so what can we do today about this? So the first thing is pray and ask God to help us understand these truths and principles. How can we apply this beautiful template of prayer into our daily life and how can it affect us? Number two, think about the prayer and reflect on our time today. Write down your observations about the prayer and any questions you might have so that you can process and think through it. Write down those truths drawn from the Lord's Prayer. Continue that kind of study about that. And then reflect on the truths that you've written down to let it absorb into who you are, to the middle of you, to kind of shore up the foundation of our understanding of God. And then use the Lord's Prayer as a launch pad for conversation with God, right? That's what we've been talking about. I've used this countless times, and it never looks the same. And that's the beauty of it, that idea of here's the basics of it and then go from there. And the conversation with the Holy Spirit is so different every time and so beautiful and comforting and helpful. And I leave that time feeling different than when I started. And so this can be such a beautiful practice that we can use. And then number six, share the journey of personal spiritual growth with others. We talk about this a lot. But I think this practice is something that can be so helpful because have you ever sometimes talked to someone about something and something you never thought about it comes to your mind? Like something about verbally processing it sometimes, even if you're an internal processor, sometimes verbally processing helps. But beyond that, it gives the person we're talking to the opportunity to maybe hear something they've never heard before or to maybe they're not doing really good right now. And what you say is actually God using you to speak to them. And then you can have an exchange back and forth that can be encouragement and life and love and an opportunity to pray, to pray for each other. So share with others in this church family, with your own natural family, your friends, what is God doing through this, through you? Yeah. You know, a, a year and a half ago when we took sabbatical, it was a, a really painful experience of realization of just how depleted and discouraged I was. And a practice that changed my life forever, which was not a new idea, but one I put to use, was to write down truth. And then to have ready in the paper, in my Bible, ready for devotion, and, and on the app, on, my, on all my devices, ready for me at any moment to look at truth that I believe so that the truth could have an effect on me. Yeah. Jesus gives us the Lord's Prayer, and it carries truth. Yes. And one of those truths is that God, our provider, is already at work. Mm -hmm. And however you word it, so why do we give you homework? 
Because if you put it in your words, it means more to you. Yes. We try to give some riverbanks so that you're not writing down stuff that's cuckoo. Mm -hmm. You know, but if you write down the truth in your words, it's a translating for yourself. And when you write this and that and you reflect on that truth, it is a way that your spiritual roots grow down into the love of Jesus that brings life into you that will cause you to indeed be healthy and fruitful in every season, including the seasons when... Naturally speaking, it should not be. Mm -hmm. Let's close in prayer. Thank you, God, for who you are. Yes, that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. That your love, your glory, your kingdom pre-exists us and will outlast our problems. Thank you for this power tool, this pattern of prayer that the Lord Jesus gives us. And the truth that it carries, let it shape us and change us. Holy Spirit, make new our thinking and our feeling. Mm -hmm. Help us to today, tomorrow, this week, push out all distractions so that we might wait on you. Yes, Lord, for each person in our church family, let there be restoration and a rebuilding of resilience. Yes, God. That we would be replenished, refreshed in you. Mm -hmm. We thank you, God, for who you are, for all that you have done. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you so much for being here today. Um, don't worry, there's a service technician here working on the boilers. So it was a little bit chilly this morning. There was a malfunction. Uh, the Zoom Life Group is going to go to the fellowship hall to uh, pray for Joe. And we'll just be mindful that the children's ministry classes... Uh, will be in use and will need quiet starting at 11 a.m. Uh, starting at 11 a.m. So just want to make that announcement. Make sure that you're aware of that. So glad that you're here today. Love on somebody that you see uh, and even reach out to anybody you don't see today. Grace and peace to you. Have a great week.